Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex Jamie. I am Jamie and on today's episode I'm talking to Brett who wanted to come and chat about the lack of sex positivity stuff aimed at men um, and we talk about a bunch of things that he's been looking into um, that he's found really interesting and yeah, what we think about more things like that being aimed at men. I'm basically just explaining what you're about to listen to so i'll shut up um if you enjoy the episode please leave us a review um it really helps let us know what you think on the instagram and all that and yeah hope you enjoy it love you bye hey brett hey jamie how's it going yeah not bad how are you pretty good yeah all right not bad (laughs) how are you finding second lockdown it's okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've been in, you know, mostly self-isolation most of my life because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a nerd <laughs> who makes music and games. So uh, I feel I'm always that. locked into a room. Yeah. How are you finding it? <laughs> yeah. Not too bad. I mean, it's sort of, it's just deja vu a little bit. I mean, yeah. I don't feel like I really left the house very much, even when, you know, during the summer when they kind of relaxed yeah, the restrictions. So. Yeah, definitely. Not changed yeah. very much for me. Yeah. So you hit me up because you wanted to talk about, uh, well, sex mostly, but yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you want to talk about in particular? Well, uh, basically I've sort of had a bit of a, I don't want to say awakening. It sounds like really philosophical, but I've yeah. had a, a strange like discovery period over the last year where I've sort of, um, I've been reading various like um, sex positive feminist books. Right. Yeah. Um, stuff like uh, Don't Hold My Head Down by mm. Lucy Ann Holmes yeah. uh, or uh, what's it called? Sex Power Money, I think, by Sarah okay. Pasco. Also yeah. stuff like, um, oh God, what's it called? Uh, sex Before Dawn or something. Okay. Something like that, which is more of a, a scientific look at sort of history of sex. Okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah, that's not necessarily a feminist book. I suppose it's more educational. But the, the previous ones I mentioned, I've sort of, and I've been listening to similar podcasts as well, also hosted mm. by um, generally women. Yeah. And I've sort of come to the conclusion that I hadn't, there, there's not really much sex positive stuff created by men aimed at men. Mm. Yeah. Um, until I found your podcast, of course. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good to hear. Yeah, that was definitely that was definitely a deciding factor for me because when yeah. when I came up with the idea of like, oh yeah, let's make a sex podcast, it was like mm-hmm. similar to when I started a band <laughs> of like the world right. doesn't need another fucking band or another sex <laughs> podcast in it. Um, so I decided not to, and I went out looking for that exact thing of like guys uh-huh. talking about sex. Um, yeah, and found nothing. The, the only kind of podcast I found that was hosted by guys. This was this was many years ago, though. I'm sure there's loads more now. I know there are loads more now. Um, right. Was uh, one sort of kind of I think he was sounding kind of seedy and right, he would okay. only talk to like you know porn stars and like attractive uh, young women and, and then yeah, but then they like preach yeah. about like being you know sexually open and, and whatever and I was sort of like nah, I'm not really a fan of that so I decided to make my own one so yeah I definitely feel you when you say that yeah I mean yours was the first one that I actually found hence why I contacted nice. you um <laughs> so you'll have to fill me in if you found any others because um, yeah I'm, I'm yeah well i know i know that i get uh dan savage's one gets recommended to me all the time 
Right. Um, which I think I've heard that, but I haven't looked into, looked into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should go away, like a book club. Go listen to yeah. it and come back and discuss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> but yeah, no, I kind of got to this point because I, re- I've, uh, I feel like I've sort of um, not struggled, but I, I feel like I could have learned a lot growing yeah. up if I'd had better places to look mm. for like positive conversation about sex yeah. for men. Um, because I've been reading like the, the don't hold my head down book covers mm. a lot of, uh, it's about, uh, Lucienne Holmes, who she's basically talking about her, her story of, um, her sex life basically. And yeah. how she only really realized in her early thirties that she hadn't been having sex for enjoyment. She'd been right. doing it out of, to either make people like her or yeah, for the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. So she decided to change her life a little bit and start, mm. um, in exploring in, in certain communities and she talks about going to sort of uh, festivals that are quite sex positive and right, yeah. various classes and that kind of thing. Mm. But the whole time I was reading this book, I was thinking, this is great. These are, these sound like, you know, really interesting uh, things to, to look into and um, I'd be really interested in looking into them. But the whole time I was reading it, I felt like the book wasn't aimed at me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt slightly, I, obviously there, there was a lot of um, talk about like she'd constantly bring up how she thought that this would, these sort of things would apply for men and that it was important yeah, for men to look yeah. into them as well. Yeah. But, um, but otherwise, but then she'd sort of go back to her, just her normal narrative, which is fine. Obviously these, these yeah. books should exist for, for women. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Totally. I, I actually fully understand what you're saying there. Cause um, I think having now started this podcast, you sort of, mm. you cross, you cross paths with a lot of like sex education media and yeah. you know, other podcasts and other Instagram accounts. And they are very female focused. Yeah. I definitely absolutely. know what you mean. And I sort of feel a bit like an imposter listening mm. or reading some things or yeah, yeah because yeah because obviously like you know um sexual empowerment is a massive thing that you know women have you know not fully had you know throughout yeah. history mm-hmm. so it totally makes sense that we're now trying to rebalance that so absolutely you know, everything yeah. is focused i mean for fuck's sake my podcast logo is pink <laughs> not that i believe in like you know gendered colors but you know there's definitely like a there's a girly vibe about it i think sure. i subconsciously done that because like, was that a subconscious like thing or did you yeah like, i just like pink yeah. pink's a favorite color that's all yeah, it was literally yeah. like we were coming up with a logo and i was like i want to be pink please because i like pink. <laughs> but i've sort of yeah since then i've kind of realized that it's very you know all these kinds of mediums are very female focused yeah you're right yeah for sure Mm. Yeah, and it's just that, uh, and these people in these sort of books or in podcasts I hear often bring up how the, the, the way that men talk about sex to each other isn't mm. necessarily healthy yeah. or positive. And when I first read that, I've got to admit that I got a little bit like my initial reaction was to be a bit defensive because yeah, yeah, it's just strange reading you know somebody from a different gender talking about how they mm. think that the way we talk about something yeah. isn't right or is unhealthy but then thinking about it over the last year or so mm. i've started to think that i find it difficult personally to talk about sex or i have in the past yeah i'm opening up a little bit more now but yeah. as i've realized all this but um i think it's definitely something that's not um encouraged in a healthy way mm. it probably stems from the fact from from like the, the you know growing up we don't really get very much sex education or the sex education that we do get pretty shit <laughs> yeah yeah it's not great yeah yeah um i i grew up in france so i've got a right. bit of a different perspective on this oh, okay I, I came back to the uk when i was 18 moved out to france mm. when i was six so right did most of my education there yeah yeah 
coming back, I've heard a lot of people talk about, I, you might be able to confirm or deny mm. that, <laughs> that in school here, it's quite a, the, the way that kids talk about sex is very um, overt and I- I- explicit, but not really positive. Right, yeah. Healthy. I don't know if yeah. you'd be able to. I don't know. I, I mean, it's been many years since I was in school, so it's definitely sure. changed. <laughs> I'm very yeah, old. True. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was in school, it was all about sex education, was all about here's how to not have babies and not get AIDS. Like, yeah. it was basically, you know, it's very yeah, clinical. Exactly. Use condoms, like, yeah, da da da, all the, like really clinical stuff. And then mm-hmm. um, I know that, uh, you know, nowadays it's it's gotten a bit better. We're a bit more kind of, um, we're well, I, I think it's gone better. I mean, I don't know for sure, but like, I know that we're definitely not teaching people about like pleasure. Um, no. You know, we're not teaching them about like, you know, how to please a partner or please yourself when you're alone and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that the conversation is probably a lot more explicit now just because of how easy it is for kids to find explicit content. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. How, many, how many 11 and 12 year olds have iPhones now, you know, or iPads? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're obviously watching a lot more porn. They're, you know, they're seeing a lot more OnlyFans people on Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I can imagine the conversation is a lot more explicit. For sure. I've heard friends talk about, you know, obviously that there were like, like really explicit, disgusting porn videos circulating at school when right, they were like yeah. 13 or 14. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, or that, you know, certain people would get nicknames because rumors would go around circulating that they'd, you know, sucked someone off yeah, the toilet yeah. bar in the, in the toilets or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so but i mean in france for me that i for starters i don't really remember having any sex education really i know that we yeah i mean i know that there was one seminar at one point in high school <laughs> yeah but i cannot remember what we talked about i imagine right. it was probably similar to what you were saying like contraception and yeah um, yeah i remember and, that uh, we had we had one in um in primary school so i would have been about oh really nine or ten i think there was one oh. and it was like it was the video that everybody watched they would like roll out the tv and they put in a video and they would play like a, a an old you know sciencey kind of focused lesson about how to how semen works and how to work on them and stuff but right. i missed i missed that because <laughs> i was in this weird program where i skipped a year so i went to year, oh, six, right. year four um, yeah. and the lesson was in year five so i completely missed out on that so when it came to <laughs> secondary school and like sex education was a bit more regular um, I don't know what the hell anyone was talking about. I don't know what a condom was. <laughs> I was like 12 and I hadn't been given the video in the wow. first place. So yeah, it was pretty all over the place. I hope we're a lot better than that nowadays. But. Yeah, hopefully. The only real conversation that I remember having from like a teacher at, um, in school was in biology class. And it wasn't even to talk about sex. We were talking about obviously human anatomy. Yeah. And it just came up then. Mm. And that's the only real sex related <laughs> talk that I remember having yeah um my parents gave us like a, a book when we were really young or not really young you know when we were like 10 or 11 the appropriate age yeah yeah yeah. um that was like you know aimed at young kids to try and explain a little bit yeah. how things worked um but yeah other than that I don't remember really having any kind of sex education as a kid yeah. and do you think that affected your sex life then like your kind of I first do. time yeah, I do a little bit, but also the fact that in France, or at least where I um, went to school, maybe it's different in different parts of France. Um, people, kids, didn't really talk about sex, right? Even up and in, into college, I don't mm. really remember people talking about it very huh. much. M- maybe I was just really excluded. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, they were having those conversations away from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think it was more of a general thing. Yeah, I remember there being like certain people who were seen as the, the sort of decadent, promiscuous people. Yeah, the sexually active kids. Yeah. yeah. 
but they were quite rare i remember yeah. like one or two in my class and and they were also the people that you kind of didn't really would hang out with older with oh people, okay or, yeah they wouldn't yeah. really hang out with people in the class yeah so I, I kind of think all this led to me feeling a bit embarrassed to talk about mm. sex yeah. growing up um and i think that's kind of been left over um which is why i'm breaking it through now yeah. Um, well, when you put it like that, I think it's definitely an awakening that you're going through. Yeah. 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 You've, you've read some books. You've got some ideas. That's a way. That's an awakening. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I feel like I, I didn't actually start having uh, sort of sexual experiences until I was quite old, until I was nineteen. Yeah. Um, I'm twenty three now. Yeah. Almost twenty four. Mm. Um. So I do think that those experiences growing up kind of led to that. But I, like I said, I do think that having resources i mean i can't say that i would have been reading sex positive yeah. uh, books aimed at men at that age anyway yeah but if a, if there was a a place for them mm. um or if they existed it might encourage society to change slightly towards you know more sex positivity and it might have been different in school who knows yeah for sure yeah definitely i think um even things like more more kind of I don't want to say sex positive because I think I think porn is quite sex positive, but more like yeah. kind of. Fur, I think so, yeah. Because well, in in the terms like loosely, in, in terms that like uh, you know, it's showing us people having sex. Sure. <laughs> See, <good>. like, <laughs> I was having this discussion because I think the term sex positive, in my mind, means something slightly different to what it might mean to other people. Okay. What does it mean to you? For me, sex positive it means. Um, say an environment is sex positive it's an environment that is um that talks about sex in a healthy mm. um pleasure but so also safe focused yeah way yeah see i think um, that's pretty close to what i i would say I, I, yeah but then i don't know like, if go on. Would, i don't know if i would describe porn as that right so i think that okay we're getting into this now let's do it <laughs> so i think that if you so you said two things right pleasure focused and safe right so yeah i i would argue that uh, porn is pretty much well. I mean, we're talking mainstream porn here. Let's not go into sure. like the sort of dark web stuff, but like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the dodgier stuff. But like uh-huh. you know the stuff you would see on the front page of Pornhub, I think is probably the epitome of safe because it's you know professionals surrounded by a crew in probably a dedicated space for what they're doing. Mm. Um, I'd say that's quite safe. And then pleasure wise, yeah, it, you know, it is definitely slanted towards one side of it. You know, this is the guy yeah, getting a lot definitely. of pleasure. But like, um, I think it it shows you um, kind of one side of the spectrum. And it is too heavily, you know, it's too heavily stacked on one side of the spectrum. But it's showing you one side of the spectrum of like what sex can be. Um, the reason I brought it up is because I think that like more, more kind of sex positive porn could be made for younger boys and girls mm-hmm. um you know you could you could have sort of more i don't like what's the term i'm really desperately trying to not use the word normal but, <laughs> but like, <laughs> the sex you would expect teenagers to have you know what i mean sure. like, the more yeah, kind of more realistic at, yeah more realistic starting out like i i would love to see like porn that's kind of more catered towards that because the thing is this whole conversation about let's not let's stop our kids being able to see porn and you know being able to watch porn I don't mm-hmm. think it's ever going to happen. Uh, the internet's too powerful. It's too easily accessible. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think that's not the fight. I think the fight could be, um, let's try and, you know, 
have all have a wider range of porn being made. So it isn't mm-hmm. always just like a guy like, you know, throwing a girl around and getting exactly what he wants. Like that could yeah. be a part of it because that's fun too for guys and sure. girls. That's fun. That can go over there. Yeah. Uh, but like other things that could be introduced could be, yeah, like like I was saying, you know, like um, more kind of starter out sex. It can be slower. It can be, you know, maybe they are actually a couple. We don't have to act out stepsisters every time. Like <laughs> they could be an actual like well, couple. Exactly. And, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, there yeah, are other taboos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I just think that that could be one thing because, like, yeah, if we're like you say, I can't imagine myself being nineteen and reading a book aimed at you know nineteen year olds, no. sex positivity for guys. No. You know, I don't think many nineteen year olds would. I'd love that to not be the case, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, it probably is. Um, yeah, you know. uh, luckily, I think growing up, I was quite aware when seeing porn that I it was not realistic to expect it to be like that. You know, before yeah. I did for had sex. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard of Erica Lust? Yes, I have. Yeah, porn director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I haven't really seen any of her, her movies because she's mm. um got it behind a paywall, and I'm not in a position to, <laughs> to pay right she now. Got, but actually, quickly on that as well, I accidentally watched one of her videos, not knowing oh, it was yeah. her, and it was really good. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then when it got to the good bit, she cut onto the screen and was like, "Hi, I'm oh, Erica really? Lust, and this is my video. If you want to see the end of the I was like, "That's fucking genius." It's so good. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I was just going to say that I think her videos are like uh, ideal because yeah. they're very they're in- educational. Mm. <laughs> they're hot, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I've not seen them, so I've seen clips. Yeah. So I can't really speak for the whole thing, but yeah, yeah. the ideas that I've seen, um, yeah. she puts forward. What she's got this thing where she like takes submissions of people's fantasies, and then oh, okay. she takes those fantasies and puts them on screen. Right. Okay. That's cool. Which is cool, yeah. Um, and yeah. It, it creates more, you know, realistic uh, fantasies that generally she takes them from, you know, women and men. So yeah, you yeah. see both sides. Uh, it, she promotes uh, pleasure in her um, in her videos. Yeah. Uh, for for both genders or for all genders. Um, yeah. I think that kind of thing, if a, a move towards that kind of porn, would be a lot more beneficial. I think for yeah. to promote healthy sex. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I think that. I mean, Pornhub's got into trouble recently for the whole um, having what was it like underage girls on their website and not yeah, taking yeah. enough action. So I don't know if I would say that the porn on on Pornhub is necessarily safe. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, when I guess when I'm when I'm talking about porn, Pornhub was a bad example. But I guess um, <laughs> I, I mean, like you know, I'm thinking mainstream like yeah you know, the kind of made by studios that's the stuff i watch maybe that's why i'm i've got like a a sort of more professional look at it i think sure. i see it as something that's more professional but yeah you're right pornhub is a it's a tube site so anyone can upload yeah, what they want yeah, onto exactly. it and yeah you yeah. get some dodgy stuff which is fair enough yeah so that's a good point yeah you're right mm-hmm. so in terms of in terms of more more kind of male focused mm-hmm. media then what would you like to see see uh, this is the question because yeah I'm not entirely sure what form it would take. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk to some like some experts about it. Really. Mm. I, I was actually thinking of, of starting a podcast myself uh, oh, yeah? to, to talk about this kind of thing. Yeah. Because for this exact reason. Yeah. Um, and then I found your podcast, but <laughs> just come on, talk to me. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can talk to people together. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to experts to, to, to see what they think. But I think you run into the barrier of if you try to say that, men talk about sex unhealthily for starters it's really generalized that's a really generalized term yeah or statement <laughs> yeah um 
and I don't believe it because I don't think obviously if, I don't think every man <laughs> thinks no. of sex yeah. in a negative way. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know how exactly you would. I think maybe I think the ideal way to start would just to be to promote conversation, mm. to have podcasts like this, or to have books that where people talk about their experiences, like the "Don't Hold My Head Down" thing. Yeah. If there was a man writing about his sexual experiences and about mm. how, in a similar way, I'd be interesting to, interested to know if it would be read um, as much. Yeah, I think when I talk about sex not being spoken about particularly healthily among men, I'm more referring to the sort of hookup culture, uh, the the fact that when certain men talk about sex, it's only really about you know increasing their number of how many men they, yeah. uh, how many women, sorry, they've slept with, or yeah. it's more bragging rights than it is anything. It's yeah. not really aimed at their own pleasure. And I think men are missing out. Those men are missing out. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I definitely know what you mean. I, I um lived with some kind of uh what would you call them? Let's call them lads. Like sure. <laughs> regular <laughs> regular guys that, you know, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily consider like well, probably haven't used the term sex positive before. Um, but yeah. you know, nice enough, very nice mm-hmm. humans. Um, and when I first moved in was when I was in kind of one of the worst parts of my sex addiction struggles. Um, and I'd have, you know, a lot of girls over and it was very much like a, there was a big reaction, you know, it was kind of like, Oh, there was, you know, a lot of jokes about it. Like Jamie's got another girl over, da da da. which, and I kind of fed into it because it was like, this is what you're sort of used to when you talk to guys about girls you've slept with, you know, they want to know like the numbers and the details they want to see pictures yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and you kind of fall into it. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I sort of came to terms with my addiction and started really thinking about, you know, what I was actually doing by, you know, pursuing this kind of lifestyle, I started having like a lot more serious conversations about it. And it wasn't a numbers thing anymore. And it was a very serious thing. And mm-hmm. the conversation didn't necessarily flip into a healthier conversation. It just stopped. Like, right. I, I think that they just didn't know how to then have that conversation anymore. So it just got sure. ignored. Um, the other, yeah, I mean, the other issue there is that it, it that kind of conversation encourages emotional vulnerability. Yeah, which is something that I don't think. Uh, is, well, I think it's pretty obvious. A lot of people know nowadays that it's not yeah. really that common in men. No, we're told not to be sad. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely a slog trying to get a guy to talk about their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I know that I'm guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I think, I think most guys have been at some point yeah. because, yeah, like mm-hmm. I say, you're brought up like it, especially you know around our age. Like my dad's an awesome dad; he's amazing mm-hmm. and very emotional person. But even you know, even he isn't completely open with his emotions. And when I was growing sure. up, you know, it was sort of it was embarrassing to be crying or be sad about something. So yeah, I think it's very normal to to feel that way as a guy in you know this day and age. I think it's changing though. I, I think our, our grandsons will be a lot more um, a lot more open and able to talk about their feelings. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. It's um it's really difficult to I, I do hope I do think it is changing and I hope it is. Yeah. But it does it is quite demoralizing when you see people like Donald Trump in power. Yeah. Who yeah. talk about women the way that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes you wonder if that doesn't encourage that that sort of culture, lad culture, if you want to call it that, or the yeah. locker room talk, like they talk, like Donald Trump um, described it as. It, it, you, it worries me that that might encourage that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, it's a shame. I'm not. I'm not much into politics, but it's a shame yeah. that kind of our elected leaders are a sign of the progression of society, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't necessarily think exactly. that's true. But let's say you know, for the most part, it is. And yeah, like you say, we feel like we're progressing <laughs> and we're making progress as a species and as a society. And then someone like that gets elected. It's kind of like, ah, oh, it's not. Yeah, we're not Absolutely. that far advanced. You know, we feel yeah, yeah. further than this, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, this whole sort of reading all these uh, different books and, yeah. and listening to these podcasts honestly made me quite jealous <laughs> okay. of, of all the stuff that there is available to women to, because yeah. to, um, a lot of these books talk about the, you know, the different ways that women can receive pleasure and, and yeah. you know, there's like, oh, God, God knows how many erogenous zones and, and orgasm yeah. types <laughs> that women can have, yeah. um, but uh, there's very little on that kind of, on that. For, for men yeah I think. definitely um, yeah it's a real shame yeah i agree i think i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of guilt involved as well with uh guys seeking pleasure uh yes. in my yeah, experience definitely. anyway like because my my thing like i don't know if you'd call it a kink but my thing is is like group sex like multiple women right. at the same time and yeah. i would have had loads more of that if i didn't have this kind of niggling like uh, sense of guilt about it mm-hmm. of like well you know that's very normal for a guy to want to be with multiple women at once you know what I mean yeah. like what you know because it kind of I'm taught to think like oh it's like me getting my kick and they're just sort of serving it um, yeah, yeah. but it's totally not true 100% not true Every, everyone that I've like well most most people that I've had group sex with have said you know they're as, they're as into it as I am and you know mm-hmm. but it's still this kind of yeah they call it colonial guilt for English people. <laughs> they say that English right. people have colonial guilt, which is where we all have this like deep inset guilt of yeah. um, the British Empire. I think, I think <laughs> an element of that in sex, like I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's sort of uh, male guilt. Should, yeah, male guilt. We should be, we should be, you know, um, helping women find themselves sexually, and you know, uh-huh. and, and all that stuff. Um, we shouldn't be thinking about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas it could yeah. be both. We, yeah, like you're right. We could be, you know, spending more time looking into. Mm-hmm. our own pleasure and it's interesting because i feel like my own guilt has probably stopped me in the past from yeah pursuing things that you know were probably fine to pursue or yeah that would have been enjoyed by all parties like it's yeah it is it is strange how it affects that definitely um, yeah it's and it's like it's hard communication is the, is the answer you know talking to absolutely. people because i think i think yeah. people most people would be surprised at what their partners are up for and into you mm-hmm. know you just got to talk about it and make sure yeah. that you know you're both on the same page i think that would that would help a lot communication is always key man <laughs> yeah. always every, every recording so i do on this podcast comes back to communication <laughs> i'm just going to record myself saying yeah the answer is communication and just put it uh-huh. on the end of every recording <laughs> yeah I, th- I feel like every conversation i've ever had about relationships with people is yeah. always ends in communication is key yeah, yeah. so right <laughs> it really is it really is yeah. so yeah. important um there i've also been reading a book called um the ethical slut recently oh yeah i know about that book have you read it I haven't. It's on my like to buy list though. I need to sort it out. It's it's so good. Like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. contributing to my uh, awakening. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Give us a quick summary. So it's it's um it was written back in the late nineties. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. basically talking about it's going from the point of view that um monogamy isn't the only option out yeah. there. Yeah. Um. It's an option. It's very important. They they say it multiple times. It's very important to remember that monogamy is an option and shouldn't yeah. be frowned upon. And that's not yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah. But that there are so many other t- 
types of relationship that you can have. Mm. Uh, and monogamy is only something really that's been around for a few thousand years. Yeah. When we've existed for what? I, I don't know, like a hundred thousand or something. Yeah. Um, a lot of the reason why people end up, you know, cheating or, uh, feeling like they want to have uh, group sex or threesomes or, mm. or be, become swingers and uh, yeah. get involved with other people is because that's, that is more normal to the human instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a book the, related to that as well. Sorry, quickly. Similarly, oh, yeah. the state of affairs. That's, oh, right. that's very, that's very worth, um, that's worth reading. Uh, yeah. Oh, similar right. thing. It's, it's, it's all about, yeah. Cheating and, um, and why, you know, like why it might happen. But yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But, but this book is more focused on um, how you achieve going about being a slut. They've kind of repurposed mm. the term slut to be yeah. a, a positive thing rather yeah. than a, an insult. Yeah. How you go about being a slut with, in an ethical way without hurting people so that yeah. everybody enjoys uh, you know, the, the relationships that they're in and, and, and can enjoy life from a, from a different perspective rather than mm. having sort of being forced down this societal path of, of monogamy. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's really interesting and worth a read. Uh, even if you don't necessarily think that polyamory is for you or open yeah. relationships are for you, yeah. it definitely is, you know, mind opening. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, it's, it's interesting the point you made about monogamy being a choice because I, I definitely think that's a thing. Um, I've yeah, I'm in a, I'm in an open relationship right now, and I've been in a few over the last few years, um, yeah. and it's they take a lot of work. And sure. a lot of, you know, you have to figure a lot of stuff out, but then so do monogamous relationships, right? Yes, and I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at all, at all times when, you know, when you're struggling in an open relationship, my mind definitely goes to, oh, I could just be monogamous and this would be so much easier. <laughs> but that's not how it works. You know, monogamy is just no. another option. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. another type of relationship. Yeah, yeah. I was sort of feeling like the monogamous relationships that I've been in in the past were... I just had this sort of this niggling that I it wasn't right or that I I wasn't um, enjoying it as much yeah. as I could be and the the feeling of like whenever I got into a relationship the first few thoughts that would come into my mind were I've got to dedicate myself to this person for the next <laughs> how many years yeah do I really want to do that <laughs> yeah 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 and it felt more like a to me it felt more like a like a chain kind of thing like a I, it didn't feel like it was what I wanted to be doing. So yeah. reading this book has uh, sort of affirmed to me that it, that it isn't the only option and that it is fine to be monogamous. Nobody's trying to change that necessarily for people who want to be in monogamous relationships, um, yeah. but that there are other options out there. Yeah, definitely. Are. Sounds good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can start to see more sort of male focused um, sex education media, I guess. Um, yes. Because yeah, I think while it is very important to yeah empower women and, 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 you know, push them in the direction of, you know, finding their kind of sexual selves. I think that's super important. I think, mm-hmm. I think the, the fight is easier if, um, you know, guys are also in on it. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, could you learn to just be better at communicating? You learn more about yourself and, you know, you're kind of, yeah, your your inner self is just it's, it's strengthened, which means you can help other people, you know, more. For sure, I think so. Yeah. I think it's a cyclical thing, and all genders to be involved. Yeah, uh, I yeah, agree. Sure, it's, it I, needs to be a societal change, like yeah. overall, rather than just a, a, you know, dependent on certain genders. Yeah, definitely. What are you afraid of? 
all right that's all we have time for today thank you so much for listening it really really means a lot to me that you have got out your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their weird sex stories <laughs> um if you like what we're doing go check us a follow on let's talk about sex jamie on instagram uh tell your friends about us leave a review on itunes all that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end basically um yeah really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week love you bye <laughs>